morning, everyone. And welcome to Goshen Baptist Church. It is good to be gathered together in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, welcome to those who are visiting as well. It's good to have you here and also to those who are following us on Facebook Live this morning. Let's open our service in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for the way that you love us and care for us, and we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together to worship you today. Father, we ask your blessing over this service, and may your spirit guide us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I may have chuckled when I heard my own voice being echoed in the back there. <laughs> Good morning. Call to worship this morning is the responsive reading of Psalm 29, verses 1, 2, and 11. You will read the part in yellow. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The Lord gives strength to his people. First hymn this morning is number 224. We have come into his house. Please stand. announcements today. Uh, we have a Christian education and outreach uh, meeting is happening on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. On Wednesday at 10.30 in the morning, we have our questions of the beginning, Creation to Babel Bible study, and that is, uh, we're going to be continuing on with Adam and Eve as we're looking at Genesis 2 and 3. And anyone who'd like to join us is more than welcome to join us for that. At lunchtime, on February 14th as well, Wednesday, we begin our Lenten series at, that's based on the, the theme of When I Survey the Wonders Cross. Those happen Wednesday at 12 noon, and this week it will be at North Broadway Baptist Church. And it will be Rocky Andrew, who is the new pastor at Hilsenberg Alliance, that will be speaking. So that's Wednesday at 12. Then on Thursday night, we have a board meeting. Uh, we're going to get to see lots of one another this week. It's going to be lovely. Um, and so 
Also, please mark in your calendars that on March 10th, on Sunday after church at 1 o'clock, we'll have our annual meeting. Are there any other announcements that need to be brought to our attention today? Report. I have one in. Wow. Gold star. Gold star. Nice. Nice. Um, yes, please uh, turn in your reports uh, and you want them um, this month, by the end of February, was what I think you had said, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I will try and get mine in before February 29th. Um, I am usually the last one, so. But uh, I, <laughs> for Eden, uh, when I, they had their reports due at the end of January, and the last Sunday, which was the 28th, Bonnie said to me, um, do you have a report for me yet? And I said, I grinned and said, is it the 31st yet? <laughs> and so uh, I did get my report in on time there as well. So sometimes it's just, you take it right to the end. Is there any other announcements? All right. Thank you. And of course, as the Bible says, give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you can give either through the plates at the back or through e-transfer online. Let's take a moment and thank God for the gifts and the tithes and the offering that has been given. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you for the ways that you have blessed us. Father, would you take these gifts, these sacrifices, and would you use them for the furthering of your kingdom? Father, would you multiply them and bless them? And bless us, Father, as we seek to serve you in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 182, For the Beauty of the Earth. Please stand. we come to our time of praying together. Uh, we have a list of people that we've been praying for. And is there anything else that uh, you would like to share with the congregation today? Any prayer requests or praise items? 
or just things that have been going on in your life that you would like to share with your church family today. Don't everybody speak at once. It's overwhelming. Yes, Serena. Awesome. Glad you had a great time. Wonderful. Praise God. That's awesome. Thank you. Sandra. Yeah, but there's a second part to that story, isn't there? Somebody else got more stuck in the driveway? Oh, yeah. (laughs) When uh, her her husband came along to fix it, you know, got it more stuck? (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Awesome. Gotta love it. There you go. That's funny. Awesome. Yeah, Morley, please. Oh, Brian's going in for a hip replacement on Wednesday. Okay. All right. Thank you for letting us know. I will pray for him. Yes. Yes, that's nice. Nice to have you, all of you here today. Yes, welcome. Yes, and also, um, Carrie was letting me know that uh, Dorothy will be moving. And she's going to be moving into a retirement home. And so uh, we're praying that that goes well and that uh, they have a space, hopefully, that they'll be have soon for Shirley to join her there, too. And that's up Kamoka way. Uh, so it'll be close to her son, Brad. So that's good. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today, and we are grateful to be able to be together. We are grateful for uh, friends and extended family that are visiting with us today and people that we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, Father, it's so good to be back together and, and have these guests. And we ask your blessing, especially over them as they are here with us. And Father, we lift up Brian today as he's going in for hip surgery on Wednesday. We pray that that would be successful. And Father, pray that uh, all would go without any kind of hitch, that you would help him with the recovery as well. Father, we thank you that uh, Carla and Mackenzie had a safe trip home, and you watched over them for that. We also thank you for the opportunity that Serena and Raymond had to go north and see Willie and Bailey and the girls and have a good visit with them, and for safe travels there and back. Father, we lift up the people on our list. We continue to pray for Les Craig, for healing for him. For Dorothy Burns, as she's got some challenges in her life. For my mother-in-law, Evelyn Kay, and the health challenges that she has. For Raymond's sister, Rochelle, and for her health challenges and for healing for her. For Summer's boss, Tim, Father, we pray that you would be with him and his wife and care for them. Father, for Fred and Teresa Parsons as Fred continues to go through radiation treatments. We pray for strength and for healing for him. Father, for Joan and Wilson's friend uh, Brenda as 
she has gone through an arm amputation and just pray as she's adjusting to life in that way. And also for Shirley Dingman, Father, we pray for her that you would care for her and meet her needs each day. Father, for this time that we are here together, Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of us, that you would open our hearts and minds and ears to see and hear what you would say to us. Father, bless us for being here together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Next hymn this morning is Happy Our Home, number 453. Please stand. Scripture this morning is 1 Peter 3, verses 1 to 7. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for sharing that scripture passage with us today. We're continuing on in our series on making a difference on the word in us and us 
in the world? And that's the question that people want to know in the world around us today. Does it really make a difference that you read the Bible? Does it make a difference that you go to church? Does it make a difference that you say you believe in Jesus Christ? They want to know, does it make a difference? Does it make a difference in the way you live your life? Does it make a difference in your family? And does it make a difference in the world? Do you care about the world? Do you impact the world because of who Jesus is? And in other words, does it really matter? And if so, sometimes what they want to know is when it matters or where it matters and, and how and what are the circumstances. When I was a teenager, there was a really funny short video called Super Christian. And in this video, um, it shows a guy and he's getting up on Monday morning and he's, like, the alarm clock goes off. It's one of those little, you know, old school one with the bells on the top. And so he's like, Ugh. and he like hits it and drops it into his garbage can. And like he just falls there and, and turns off. And then he's like grumpy and miserable all day long because it's Monday. And then he's like, he tells off people in traffic. And, and on and on it goes through the whole week like that until Sunday. And Sunday comes, and then the alarm goes off, and he hops out of bed, and he carefully turns it off, and, and he's just a new person. He's super Christian, and he actually gets on an outfit with a cape and everything like that, and he goes off to church, and he's super polite when somebody cuts him off, and he's just a totally different person on Sunday. Are we like that, or are we more consistent? You know, does it make a difference in everyday life? And especially today, I want to focus on this question. Does it make a difference in your relationships? Now, men, if you have a significant other, here's your heads up. Uh, it is Valentine's Day this week on Wednesday. Be prepared. Have a plan, um, just so you know. Now, women, when they heard the scripture reading today, might have been a little bit more like this. They're like, are you kidding me? You know, if I was to grab, the women would say, if I was to grab a highlighter, right, they might come along and go like this. Well, it says, wives, submit. And to your husbands, what are you thinking about? Like, seriously, come on now. Or how about the next passage, right? Submitted again. Obeyed. Called him her Lord. Who are you trying to kid? Really, come on. Are you looking to cause a fight? And then also, there was that whole thing about the weaker partner. What's with that? And all the guys are going, I'm glad it's you talking, not me. <laughs> right? It's a dangerous kind of sounding thing, right? Maybe some women are thinking, are you trying to ruin Valentine's Day? And as guys, we can go, well, you know what, this is just what the Bible says, right? And and point that in that direction, and I'm going to say, how well does that work? Right? Is that enough? You know, when it comes to real estate, they have this saying that in real estate, there are three most important things in real estate. What are they? You guys are good today. You're awake and everything. That's amazing. That's right. And when it comes to studying the Bible... If you've been with me in our Bible study classes or adult Sunday school, I will say similarly that there are three most important things when it comes to studying the Bible. That is context, context, and context. Context always...
in what happened in the Bible. There's a spiritual context, and there is a specific context. And it answers questions, or excuse me, we need to dig deeper into the Bible to find the answers. Don't just go with the surface level when we come to studying the Bible. We need to ask questions like, why did he write this? For Peter, in this case. Why did he write this? There was a specific reason that he was writing this. Who did he write to? There was a specific group that he wrote to. What was happening? Right? Something had to be happening for him to be writing about this. This isn't just a general rule. He's talking about something that was going on at that time. And then we have to ask the other question. It's really important. How does it apply to us? How does it apply to us? We need to be careful when we go to the Bible and just randomly grab a Bible verse that it's something that's going to apply to us. There's the story of a person and he grabs his Bible and says, I'm going to let God speak to me by just dropping it open and pointing. Right? So he looks and it says, and Judas went out and hung himself. Right? And he's like, well, obviously that's not for me. So he tries again and he looks and he says, go ye and do likewise. Um, right? So this is obviously not a good approach to reading the Bible. We need to know how it really applies to us. Well, today we're going to have some fun, and we're going to delve into the world of my premarital counseling stuff. Because when I am doing premarital counseling, I go there. I talk about this passage because I like fireworks. Yeah? I like to see, see what's going to happen. The fire just jumps into the eyes, and it's, it's a good time. No, there's actually a very good reason. If we look at Paul's words, he writes in Ephesians, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Same kind of thing that Peter was talking about. Paul goes on to say, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And I know all the women are probably going, you're on really shaky ground right now, Pastor Carl. What's going on? Are you looking to cause a fight? Remember, what's the context? This is an important question, not only in what the Bible's saying, but in how a lot of people are probably feeling in this moment. What's the context? Why does it bother you? Because in the past, passages like this have been used for oppression, They've been used for suppression. They've been used for degradation to degrade women and to abuse them. And that is not the purpose of this passage. That is not what this is about today. This is not for that. And that this is never okay. That's not what submission is about. That's not what God is talking about in this passage. He's not talking about a general application either of that women are supposed to all submit to all men. This is how it's been abused and twisted and turned in the past. But remember, think about the context of what happened in the early church. Jesus preached and taught, and in the home of Mary and Martha, Mary came and sat at his feet in the position of a disciple. That was unheard of in those days. And yet Jesus gave women a different kind of respect that they never had before. And so what was happening is women were finding freedom in Christ that they never had before. 
In ancient times, women were considered property. And so in their household, the guy was the master. Now suddenly they have a new master in their life. When they're set free by Jesus. Right? Women believers found freedom in Christ. Women believers found respect from Jesus. Women believers found love in a new way. And maybe for some of them, that would make them want to rise up and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be free, and I'm going to just do whatever I want, and I'm going to protest. I'm going to throw it all off. It doesn't matter anymore. Because it's about me and God. We need to stop and ask the question, what does God want? Is it really about you, or is it about what God wants for your life? And this is the purpose Submission is not just submission for the purpose of submission, but it's for this, that their husbands may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your life. And make no mistake, this is a sacrifice. This is a sacrifice. You know, when I'm doing premarital counseling for a couple, I talk about the importance that you both will need to sacrifice. This is what it's about. It's not one-sided. It's not about the women only sacrificing for the men either. And ultimately, sacrifice is about love. It's how we show love. Remember that the Bible tells us that whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's God's very nature. He's not going to instruct us in something that is not going to be loving. So if submission ever sounds like that, that's not what God intends. Let's unpack that passage a little bit more. Grab your Bibles and and turn to 1 John 4, please. 1 John 4, near the back of the Bible. We're going to look at that verse in context. 1 John 4, starting at verse 7. Here's what he wrote. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. Us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. 
In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother or sister. No matter who they are, if they are a believer... They are your brother and sister in Christ. And this is why Peter also speaks to the husbands. And he says, husbands, be considerate and treat them with respect. As Paul says, husbands, love your, church, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How did Jesus love the church? In an incredible way, Right? He did everything for them. He gave everything to the church. And he did this. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So husbands, when your wife asks you to take out the garbage, you're being Jesus, right? You're being the servant. Nothing, therefore, should be beneath you to do for your wife. And if you're single here, don't worry. I'm coming around to you eventually. We will get there. But look at what Jesus did, right? Jesus washed the feet, the dirty, stinky feet of his disciples. He did the lowest job, and nothing should be beneath us as husbands to look after our wives. He taught. He shared with them. He healed them. He fed them. And he loved them. And we are called to do the same. The Bible tells us that he gave himself up for her to make her holy. And Jesus gave absolutely everything. The Bible also tells us this, to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And Jesus did this to the extreme of taking our cross for us. We are to carry one another's burdens no matter how difficult they may be. We are to do this with kindness and compassion, to provide encouragement, to give forgiveness, and to do it even though it's a sacrifice. For Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice in himself. When we were having our premarital counseling session, um, the, the pastor at that time, he talked about this thing called a gunny sack. And if I understand the gunny sack correctly, uh, in the military they have this bag, and it's a catch-all bag. So in there you will have your, your shovel for digging, and you'll have your camping tools, and you'll, you'll have your sleeping bag and your pillow, and everything you need goes into this bag. And so you just take it and you, you just shove it all in there, and then whenever you need it, you just reach around and then pull it out, whatever you need. And unfortunately, in relationships, sometimes the stuff that we put in there is the hurt. 
And the stuff that we put in there is the, the bad feelings or, or the times when things have not gone well or the things that somebody else has done that we don't like. And then when they're in an argument or difficulty comes up, we can pull all that stuff out. Well, remember when you did this. Remember when you did that. And the rest of the time we go around carrying this heavy weight on our back. Jesus says to let it go. To get rid of it. Give up that burden. When I'm doing the premarital counseling session as well, uh, there are some stereotypes that I talk about. And Paul talks about how women, uh, excuse me, men are supposed to love their wives and women are supposed to uh, submit to their husbands. And I think the reason he does this is this is generally true. It may not be true for everybody, but I think generally love is easier for women, but submission, maybe not so much. And conversely, submission is often easier for men. We grow up, you know, with in a world where the mom rules the house maybe with a wooden spoon, then we go and get jobs where, you know, we are under somebody else, right? And so we are used to that idea of submitting. But love is a little more difficult often for men. And so I think Paul is addressing what's tougher. Women, you naturally love, you need to submit. Men, you naturally submit, you need to love. But here's this passage I always skip over but eventually come back to. So before all of that, Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, says, submit to one another out of love for Christ. Submit to one another. And submission means saying, it's okay to do it your way. You want to do it that way? Okay. Let's do it that way. And submitting to one another is key for a healthy relationship, no matter who you have it with. But note the ultimate purpose out of reverence for Christ. Not submit to one another because they're right, even, but submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. To be an agent of peace. To show God's love. Show kindness. James wrote, submit yourselves then to God. Ultimately, he is the one that we need to be submitting ourselves to. He is the one that we want to follow. And even when we come to difficult passages, that is what we need to remember. Submit yourselves then to God. And ask yourself the question, what does God want? Why it's so important for us to be reading the word of God and studying it. And as we do, something crazy is going to happen. We're going to get into the Word of God and we're going to discover that it actually begins with submission. Even when it's not easy. Even when it makes you feel like, Ugh! It also begins with love. I want to look at another passage with you folks this morning. 1 Corinthians 13. And yes, usually with a couple that I'm either in their wedding or in their premarital counseling, we go to this passage. It's been referred to in many weddings as the core passage. It's not just for weddings. It's for all of us who believe. 1 Corinthians 13, 
starting at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I have a great way with words, if I'm a great orator, I can speak in ways that are convicting and and sound so eloquent and beautiful, but haven't love, it's just noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. In other words, if I can tell you the very words of God, if I have great understanding of all sorts of things in the world, if I'm a walking encyclopedia, but don't have love, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. If I do all sorts of amazing things, if I give away everything I have, if I'm the most sacrificial seeming person, but don't have love, it's all for nothing. Love is patient. So that means sometimes counting to 10, or 20, or 200. Love is kind. That means saying nice things, not saying mean things or doing mean things. It does not envy. See, when, when somebody loves, they're happy when other people get good things, when they are blessed by God. They don't think about themselves in that way. It is not proud, uh, excuse me, it does not boast. Right? It's not about me. Right? If you have love, the kind of love that Jesus has. It's about him. It's not about me. It is not proud. It is not rude. So easy to be rude. Make somebody else laugh because of something that we say to cut somebody else down. It's so easy to be thoughtless. So easy to be heartless. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking, right? Um, you know, for me, uh, the, the, the difficulty is if there's a spotlight that's close by, I want to kind of grab it and turn it so it's like right on me. Hi, look at me. Love is not like that. Love wants to turn the spotlight to somebody else. Look at them. Look at the amazing stuff that you're doing. It is not easily angered. Love is not easily angered. It's a tough one. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love takes the gunny sack and drops it at the cross. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Sounds like a really tall order, doesn't it? But remember, this is about God's love. And God doesn't call us to to just somehow drum up the ability to do this on our own. It's through the indwelling of his spirit that this kind of love 
comes into us and then flows out of us. All right, and what if you're alone? You know, I talked a lot about couples, but what if you're alone? Well, my question is simply this. Who can you show love to? Who can you show love to? There's lots of people, right? Start with your family. It's amazing the role that we have as grandparents. I just got a book from my friend Tanya on by the CBOQ office, she gave it to me, and it's about grandparenting, and the statistics about how much grandchildren actually want the input and the love and the care of their grandparents, and how much that role has shaped the faith of grandchildren is incredible. Who can you show love to? Your children, your grandchildren, your extended family. What about your friends? What about your neighbors? What about the people that you see on a regular basis? Maybe just you go to the same coffee shop all the time and it's the same person waiting on you. How can you show them the love of Jesus Christ? They need to know Jesus through you. They need to know the kind of kindness that Jesus showed and that he did for us. We do for others. Does it make a difference that you read the Word of God? Does it make a difference that you go to church? Does it make a difference that you say that you in Jesus Christ and follow Him as your Lord and Savior? Then who needs to be taught? Who needs to be shared with? Who needs to be healed? Who needs to be fed? And who needs to be loved? And to do all of that with this purpose in mind, that they may be won over and know that Jesus makes a difference. So happy Valentine's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you love us in ways that we can't even fully comprehend. Father, sometimes we come across challenging scriptures And because of our own baggage or because of the way that they've been misused, they cause tension. You are love. And your motivation and your desire is that we would live in that love. So Father, help us to have a healthy view of what all this means. Speak to our hearts that we may live for you and model you, that others may be won over. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing song together today is the Servant Song. It's number 424. Please stand.
we are called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and to show the love of Jesus Christ to all that they may be won over to him. And so go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.